Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. We finish the book of Ezra today, starting with chapter 7. Many years later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, there was a man named Ezra. He was the son of Sarariah, son of Azirah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Ahitob, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Marathoth, son of Zeriah, son of Uzai, son of Bukai, son of Abushai, son of Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the high priest. This Ezra was a scribe who is well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for, because the gracious hand of the Lord was his God was on him. Some of the people of Israel, as well as some of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants, traveled up to Jerusalem with him in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes' reign. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in August of that year. He had arranged to leave Babylon on April 8th, the first day of the new year, and he arrived at Jerusalem on August 4th, for the gracious hand of his God was on him. This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. King Artaxerxes had given a copy of the following letter to Ezra the priest and scribe who studied and taught the commands and decrees of the Lord of, of the Lord to Israel. From Artaxerxes the king of kings to Ezra the priest, the teacher of the law of the God of heaven. Greetings. I decree that any of the people of Israel in my kingdom, including the priests and Levites, may volunteer to return to Jerusalem with you. I and my council of seven hereby instruct you to conduct an inquiry into the situation in Judah and Jerusalem based on your God's law which is in your hand. We also commission you to take with you silver and gold, which are freely present, which we are freely presenting as an offering to the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. Furthermore, you are to take any silver and gold that you may obtain from the province of Babylon, as well as the voluntary offerings of the people and the priests that are presented for the king for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. These donations are to be used specifically for the purchase of bulls, rams, male lambs, and the appropriate grain offerings and liquid offerings, all of which will be offered on the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. Any silver and gold that is left over may be used in whatever way you and your colleagues feel is the will of your God. But as for the cups, we are entrusting to you for the service of the temple of your God. Deliver them all to the God of Jerusalem. 
If you need anything else for your God's temple or any similar needs, you may take it from the royal treasury. I, Artaxerxes the king, hereby send this decree to all the treasurers in the province west of the Euphrates River. You are to give Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law of the God of heaven, whatever he requests of you. You are to give him up to 7,500 pounds of silver, 500 bushels of wheat, 550 gallons of wine, 550 gallons of olive oil, and an unlimited supply of salt. Be careful to provide whatever the God of heaven demands for his temple, for why should we risk bringing God's anger against the realm of the king and his sons? I also decree that no priest, Levite, singer, gatekeeper, temple servant, or other worker in this temple of God will be required to pay tribute, customs, or tolls of any kind." And you, Ezra, are to use the wisdom your God has given you to appoint magistrates and judges who know your God's laws to govern all the people in the province west of the Euphrates River. Teach the law to anyone who does not know it. Anyone who refuses to obey the law of your God and the law of the king will be punished immediately, either by death, banishment, confiscation of goods, or imprisonment. Praise the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. And praise him for demonstrating such unfailing love to me by honoring me before the king, his council, and all of his mighty nobles. I felt encouraged because the gracious hand of the Lord my God was on me, and I gathered some of the leaders of Israel to return to me to Jerus- with me to Jerusalem. Here is the fam- list of the family leaders and the genealogies of those who came with me from Babylon during the reign of King Artaxerxes. From the family of Phineas, Gershom. From the family of Ithamar, Daniel. From the family of David, Hattush, a descendant of Shechaniah. From the family of Perush, Zechariah and the 150 other men were registered. From the family of Palath, Moab. Eliathaniah, son of Zerariah, and 200 other men. From the family of Zatu, Shechaniah, son of Jezreel, and 300 other men. From the family of Aded, Ebed, son of Jonathan, and 50 other men. From the family of Elam, Jeshua, son of Ahithal, and 70 other men. From the family of Shepaniah, Zebaniah, son of Michael, and eighty other men. From the family of Joab, Obadiah, son of Jehelajal, and two hundred and eighteen other men. From the family of Bani, Shemeth, son of Joshanamal, and a hundred and sixty other men. From the family of Bibai, Zechariah, son of Bibai, and twenty eight other men. From the family of Azgad, Jehoahan, son of Achtan, and 110 other men. From the family of Ahadukim, who later became, who came later, Elipheth, Jael, Shemaiah, and 60 other men. From the family of Bigvi, Uthai, Zakur, and 50 other men. 
I assembled the exiles at the Avaya Canal, and we camped there for three days while I went over the list of the people and the priests who had arrived. I found that not one Levite had volunteered to come along, so I sent for Eliezer, Ariel, Shimeah, Ahathaphan, Jerob, Alaphan, Nathan, Zechariah, Mushalalam, and who were leaders of the people. I also sent for Jehorab and Athanan, and the men who were men of discernment. I sent them to Edo, the leader of the Levites in Caspia, to ask him and his relatives and the temple servants to send us ministers for the temple of the God of Jerusalem. Since the gracious hand of our God was on us, he sent, they sent us a man named Sherebiah, along with his eight, 18 of his sons and brothers. He was a very astute man and a descendant of Mali, who was a descendant of Levi, son of Israel. They also sent Hashbani, together with Jeshaniah, from the descendants of Merari and the twenty of his sons and brothers and two hundred and twenty temple servants. The temple servants were assistants to the Levites, a group of temple workers first instituted by King David and his officials. They were all listed by name. And there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. I appointed twelve leaders of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashbaniah, and ten other priests to be in charge of transporting the silver, the gold, the gold bowls, and the other items that the king, his council, his officials, and all the people of Israel had presented for the temple of God. I weighed the treasure as I, I gave it to them and found that the totals to be the following. 24 tons of silver, 7,500 pounds of silver articles, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 gold bowls equal in value to 1,000 1, gold coins, two fine articles of polished bronze as precious as gold. And I said to these priests, you and these treasures have been set apart as holy to the Lord. This silver and gold is a voluntary offering to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. Guard these treasures well until you present them to the leading priests of the Levites and the leaders of Israel who will weigh them at the storerooms of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. So the priests and the Levites accepted the task of transporting these treasures of silver and gold to the temple of our God in Jerusalem. We broke camp at the Ahava Canal in, on April 19th and started off to Jerusalem. 
And the gracious hand of our God protected us and saved us from our enemies and bandits along the way. So we arrived safely in Jerusalem, where we rested for three days. On the fourth day after our arrival, the silver, gold, and other valuables were weighed at the temple of our God and entrusted to Merimoth, son of Uriah, the priest, and to, El- and to Eliezer, son of Phinehas, along with Jehozadad, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Benoi, both whom were Levites. Everything was accounted for by number and weight, and total weight was officially recorded. Then the exiles who had come out of captivity sacrificed burnt offerings to the God of Israel. They presented 12 bulls for all the people of Israel, as well as 96 rams and 77 male lambs, and they also offered 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was given as a burnt offering to the Lord. The king's decrees were delivered to his highest officers, and all the and the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, who then cooperated by supporting the people and the temple of God. When these things had been done, the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel, and even some of the priests and Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the other peoples living in the land. They have taken up the detestable practices of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. The men of Israel have married women from these people and have taken them as wives for their sons. So the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. Worse yet, the leaders and officials have led the way in this outrage. When I heard this, I tore my cloak and my shirt, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat down utterly shocked. And all who trembled at at the words of the God of Israel came and sat with me because of this outrage committed by the returned exiles. And I sat there utterly appalled until the time of the evening sacrifice. At the time of sacrifice, I stood up where I had been, where I had sat in mourning with my clothes torn. I fell on my knees and lifted my hands to the Lord my God. I prayed, Oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads, and our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors until now, we have been steeped in sin. That is why we and our kings and our priests have been at the mercy of pagan kings of the land. We have been killed, captured, robbed, and disgraced, just as we are today. Now we have been given a brief moment of grace for the Lord our God has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant. He has given us security in this holy place. Our God has brightened our eyes and granted us some relief from our slavery. For we were slaves, but in his unfailing love, Our God did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. He revived us so that we could rebuild the temple of our God and repair it 
its, and repair its ruins. He has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now, O oh oh our God, what can we say after all of this? For once again, we have abandoned your commands. Your servants, the prophets, warned us when they said the land that you are entering to possess is totally defiled by the detestable practices of the people living there. From one end to the other, the land is filled with corruption. Don't let your daughters marry their sons. Don't take their daughters as wives for your sons. Don't ever promote the peace and prosperity of those nations. If you follow these instructions, you will be strong and will enjoy the good things the land produces, and you will leave this prosperity to your children forever. Now we are being punished because of our wickedness and our great guilt. But we have actually been punished far less than we deserve, for you, our God, have allowed some of us to survive as a remnant. But even so, we are again breaking your commands and intermarrying with people who do these detestable things. Won't your anger be enough to destroy us so that even this little remnant no longer survives? O Lord, God of Israel, you are just. We come before you and our guilt has nothing but an escaped remnant. Though in such a condition, none of us can stand in your presence. While Ezra prayed and made this confession, weeping and lying face down on the ground in front of the temple of God, a very large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children, gathered and wept bitterly with him. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehalel, a descendant of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God. For we have married these pagan women of the land. But in spite of this, there is hope for Israel. Let us now make a covenant with our God to divorce our pagan wives and to send them away with their children. We will follow the advice given by you and by the others who respect the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law of God. Get up. For it is your duty to tell us how to proceed in this setting in setting things straight. We are behind you, so be strong and take action. So Ezra stood up and demanded that the leaders of the the leaders of the priests and the Levites and all the people of Israel swear that they will do as Shechaniah had said. And they all swore a solemn oath. Then Ezra left the front of the temple of God and went to the rooms of Jehoianam, son of Elishab. He spent the night there without eating or drinking anything. He was still in mourning because of the unfaithfulness of the returned exiles. Then a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles should come to Jerusalem. Those who failed to come within three days would, if the leaders and the elders so decided, forfeit all their property and be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. 
Within three days, all the people of Judah and Benjamin had gathered in Jerusalem. They took This took place on December 19th, and all the people were sitting in the square before the temple of God. They were trembling, both because of the seriousness of the matter and because it was raining. Then Ezra the priest stood and said to them, You have committed a terrible sin. By marrying pagan women, you have increased Israel's guilt. Now confess, so now confess your sin to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do what he command, what he demands. Separate yourselves from the land, from the people of the land, and from these pagan women. Then the whole assembly raised their voices and answered, Yes, you are right. We must do as you say. Then they added, This isn't something that can be done in a day or two, for many of us are involved in this extremely sinful affair. And this is the rainy season, so we cannot stay out here much longer. Let our leaders act on behalf of us all. Let everyone who has a pagan wife come at a scheduled time accompanied by the leaders and judges of his city so the fierce anger of our God concerning this affair may be turned away from us. Only Jonathan, son of Abashel, and Jezael, son of Tikvah, opposed this course of action and they were supported by Meshalam and Shibathai, the Levite. So this was the plan that they followed. Ezra selected leaders to represent their families, designating each of the, of the representatives by name. On December the 29th, the leaders sat down to investigate the matter. By March the 27th, the first day of the new year, they had finished dealing with all the men who had married pagan wives. These are the priests who had married pagan wives. From the family of Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, and his brothers, Messiah, Meshaniah, Eliezer, Jerob, Gedaliah, they vowed to divorce their wives, and they each acknowledged their guilt by offering a ram as a guilt offering. From the family of Emer, Hanani, and Zebaniah. From the family of Haram, Meshaniah, Elijah, Shemaniah, Jeliah, Uzziah. From the family of Pashur, Eliothoi, Masani, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Josabad, Eliash. These are the Levites who were guilty. Josabab, Shimai, Kilai, also called Kitalai, Pethali, Judah, and Eliezer. This is the singer who was guilty. Elishab. These are the guilt gatekeepers who were guilty. Shalom, Telam, and Uri. These are the other fam- people of Israel who were guilty from the family of Parash, Ramah, Izai, Machajah, Mijam, Eleazar, Ishbiah, Benaniah, from the family of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, Juliah, Ebdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah, from the family of Zatu, Eliahai, Elisheb, Matani, Jeremoth, Zabab, Azazah, from the family of Bibai, Jehanahan, Hananiah, Zabaniah, Athai, from the family of Bani, Meshalom, Maka, Adelai, Rajus, Shial, Jamoth, from a family of Palath, Moab, Adin, 
Adna, Jela, Benani, Masaniah, Mathaniah, Bezel, Munai, Mashani, from the family of Haram, Eliezer, Eliashish, Elijah, Magali, Shimai, Simeon, Benjamin, Makuth, and Shimamiah, from the family of Hashem, Mathaniah, Matanai, Zabai, Eliph, Jeremiah, Masa, Manasseh, and Shimei. From the family of Bani, Madai, Iram, Oil, Benani, Bedaniah, Olai, Bana, Mamoth, Elishab, Mathai, Mataniah, and Jeush. From the family of Benai, Shimei, Shelai, Shemaliah, Nathan, Adaliah, Machanibai, Shibai, Shai, Azarel, Shemaniah, Shemaniah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph. From the family of Nebo, Jerel, Mathani, Zebab, Zibanah, Jadai, Joel, and Benaniah. Each of these men had a pagan wife, and some even had children by those by these wives. Briefly, as we close the book of Ezra, we want to focus on the fact that Ezra discovered and he called out the people's sin by intermarrying. Isn't it remarkable that the people had gotten back into the same old routine of disobeying the laws of God so quickly? And while it would be tempting for us to say, well, that's very harsh to set aside these these wives, these families. What Ezra is attempting to do here is to reestablish God's people doing it God's ways. He mourned in the sin of what was going on. It broke his heart. And therefore, it led to repentance. Repentance isn't just saying you're sorry. Repentance is doing something different. And that means making some hard choices sometimes. And when we are following the Lord, it requires us to make some hard decisions. It requires us to get rid of some things in our lives, some practices, some habits that take us away from the Lord. It requires us to put those aside. May God help us as we repent for him. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.